Greetings, and welcome to the 80 Level Roundtable Podcast. In each episode, host Kirill Tokarev invites video game industry leaders to talk about the world of game development. No topic is off limits as long as it relates to video game development. New episodes are in the works, so remember to follow us or subscribe and share with someone you know will also enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining us today. So today with us, we have uh, Yulia from uh, Mailru Games. My games, right? My games now. So Yulia, can you do like a little intro? Tell us about what you do, um, where do you work, and uh, what projects are you working on right now? Okay. Uh... Currently, I'm an art director at the Project Plus Brigade, and my main job is to make sure the game looks nice and it works uh, from the visual point. Uh, so my job is to determine uh, how does it look, so uh, create a whole visual style for the project and make sure it uh, all my colleagues and all my uh, uh, all the other artists uh, will follow uh, all the guidelines and mm, the game will look um, consistent in style and its uh, presentation. Uh, so we started uh, production of Blast Brigade about a year and a half. And we didn't have um, proper pre-production uh, so we didn't have a lot of time to experiment and search for uh, some unique style or something. So we, most of our style is based on the on our previous project, which was uh, Bombastic Brothers. It's mobile game, uh, like platformer, run and gun shooter. And we took uh, most of the content and reimagined it as a game for PC and consoles. So uh, when we started working, working on that, uh, we were all excited uh, to make a project which was not a mobile game. <laughs> we, uh, we've been working on mobile games for, for a while. Uh, for me, it was like uh, about two or three years. So all of our team was very excited to make a PC and console project finally. And uh, we had a task. So, okay, we, we don't have a lot of time. So take all, everything was, everything was, that was good in the Bombastic Brigade, B Bombastic Brothers. I, I always uh, mess up these uh, titles because they are very alike and also, uh, both projects are alike in a lot of ways uh, because uh, they have uh, the same characters and a lot of, um, how can I say that? Um, oh, okay, no, never mind. Uh, so uh, third, thing, third thing was to take everything that was good about uh, Bombastic Brothers and uh, make it better. Uh, so mm -hmm. we began with uh, with ah yeah um, 
at first, we had uh, a task to make a presentation for Apple Arcade. It was our, our initial plan, uh, but yeah. it kind of fell apart for different reasons, and uh, that uh, stuff with Apple Arcade wasn't very suitable for us. So um, we, uh, from that point, we had a presentation, and we uh, reiterated that uh, and... Uh, made a little more research on the style and uh, tried to implement some ideas that uh, were very pleasant for us, for, for me, for example. Um, mm -hmm. For me, the main point of the graphics of Blast Brigade uh, was to make the game look uh, more like a cartoon. Of course, there are projects that uh, are that really look like a cartoon. For example, um, Cuphead. That was just really exceptional project for uh, in the terms of art. Uh, but of course, we couldn't afford uh, to make everything look uh, this polished in 2D graphics with uh, hand-drawn 2D animations. It's too much expensive. So we took what we had and what we can do and we used spine animations, uh, we used 2D graphics for backgrounds, and some other things we can do, and uh, now we have what we have. Of course, we it could have been better, but I think uh, for mm, this limited time, uh, what we've done is it's pretty good. Yule, thank you so much for the introduction. I think it was a uh, it was a lot of information. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got carried away. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I have a question about uh, basically what we have on on the podcast and on the website. We have a lot of people who are kind of starting their uh, journey in uh, video games, and especially starting their journey in um, building art. So when they look at the when when you when they will listen to this recording and they will go to your profile on like Instagram on our art station, they will be like, Oh, she's so good, I will never be as good. And you know, they will feel like in, inferior, right? And uh, so on. I think it would be cool if you could maybe take a couple of minutes to explain how you got to this position. Uh, of an art director because um, you you weren't always an art director, right? So of course. you started somewhere. So can you talk a little bit about this? Uh, maybe a little bit about your career and uh, and this education that kind of helped you develop, become better, and uh, gradually kind of get into the position where you are right now. Uh, well. Uh... Of course, uh, now I'm an art director, but uh, this is my first project in this position. So it's kind of my debut. And uh, I'm very concerned about number of things. I always compare myself to art directors that I know in the web uh, who lead these, all these cool projects or art director I worked with on my previous projects. Um, and uh, on my way, 
on this project, I made a lot of mistakes and I think I could have uh, done better a lot of things and be better at directing, at leading people, at making art and etc. etc. So it's not mm, an easy task for me and there's still a lot of room to grow. And how I get there? How did I get there? Um, well, uh, do you want uh, to hear the story from the very beginning or just the career part? I think the how you got into drawing and whether you went into into an actual art school. So did you hmm. go like uh, like professionally in the art school or did you kind of drew yourself and then are you self-taught mostly? Because I see a lot of like anime influences and uh, <laughs> I'm wondering when did you actually start to draw? And how did it kind of develop into a professional career? Because I was watching anime myself and I was also doing, you know, I was pausing the VCR and I was trying to imitate the, you know, whatever the there was on the on the screen at that time. And uh, I had a bunch of drawings. <laughs> yeah, but it, it never actually developed with me into a professional career, right? So I, I although I am kind of like connected with arts and games, but it's not something that I actually do, right? So with you, it's different. So it's very interesting to learn whether maybe you went to like college and you studied there like anatomy and all that stuff, or maybe you just kind of bought some books and did it yourself, or maybe you hired the teacher. It's very interesting for people to kind of learn how this goes for them to, to understand that, you know, what is the next step that I can take that can take well, me there um for me that was uh, a bit of everything uh but i was uh well uh, right from my first uh, years of consciousness i just was sure i want to be an artist i i i don't really know when did i get this third thought but uh like from three years old or whatever, uh, because my mom uh, was a student at the uh, architecture academy uh, when was uh, when I was little, and I saw her works she brought home and what did she do? What did she teach me? And so I decided I want to be like her, and uh, I drew a lot as a kid. I tried to learn something, but it didn't it, it it never went well because uh, when when i was a toddler and i wanted to draw a realistic cat for example it i i didn't knew how and nobody could teach me actually and uh, when i then uh, when i was a uh, when I went to school, I instantly went to an art circle. Then I uh, went to university, uh, the same as my mother, because that was my dream <laughs> for a long time. You, you went to an ar architectural school, right? Yes, uh, but uh -huh. I didn't learn architecture. Uh, actually, then the question of my specialization came. I didn't know what to choose because uh, I was already introduced to anime, and uh, anime was wasn't an option in any way at that time. You, it was just some weird hobby. Nobody knew that uh, uh, 
several years after you can build a career drawing anime. So I just uh, picked some specialization because I don't know, uh, I asked myself, what do you like to do? Uh, okay, I, I like to decorate my room. Okay, so interior designing will be fine, I guess. So I went there. That's funny. And <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> yeah, and I, I spent there about four or five years and then I dropped out because uh, the influence and of anime and games uh, was so strong and i realized uh, this specialization is not what i want to do with my life and i drop out of course i had a huge argument with my mother but she accepted mm. it uh, after a year or so and i was fine <laughs> is your mama uh, is she okay right now that you're working in games is she oh, happy with where you got uh-huh uh, yeah she, she, she's just uh, wanted to make sure i have a diploma uh, because um, nobody knew that uh, in several years it uh, won't be necessary and uh, artist is um it's important to have skills, not education, and you, mm -hmm. you can educate yourself. So she, she just wanted to, me to have a stable job and etc. etc. It's like many parents, of course. So uh, I, I have kind of like an additional question. So how did you start? Like, so you, you finished school or you dropped out and then you started kind of this artistic journey, um, how were you developing your style? And um, mm. I can I can put another question on that question. So maybe it's gonna be easier to kind of uh, understand. So for a while, when we were thinking about games made in the former Soviet Union, there was wow. a certain type of aesthetics there, right? I mean, you could look at the any mobile game in the beginning of the, you know, when when this whole thing blew up, like in the on social media or somewhere else, and you can kind of understand that it was Russian, Ukrainian, or made in Belarus, right? Because just the overall, even the especially the cartoony look, the stylized look, it kind of looked very similar, and you could definitely notice that there was a lot of Western influences missing from that style. Um, now, as we look at games coming from Russia right now, they look much more, I guess, international, ready for the, like a broader market. Uh, something that uh, they look like something that could appeal to a, a wider audience in terms of style and in terms of game plan and all the other elements. But we're we're talking more about style right here, and. I'm wondering if you could have a look like at the the stuff that you've been going through and figure out how did it help you develop the style, and then we'll compare it to kind of how the whole industry kind of developed. You know what I mean? Mm, I think I understand. Uh, so my style, uh, oh, of course, there was a lot of anime influence, uh, especially in my first years uh, of um, drawing consciously 
if I can put it so. Uh, well, uh, until I got into university, or maybe until I was 17, 18, I was just drawing stuff. I didn't put much thought in it. But uh, when I was introduced to anime, and I tried to recreate uh, what I saw, I realized I can do that, and I don't know how to teach myself. So I tried to copy it, and I copied, and I copied, and finally I had some clue and developed some my first uh, skills and some first mm, something that uh, could possibly be considered a style, but. Mm, that wasn't very great. And after that, I so I got a goal. I want to draw better, and I want to uh, communicate with my art, or at least uh, to be able to put things that are in my head to the paper. And I was learning from anime. I was learning from other artists I admired, and a lot of other things like tutorials and etc and year by year it developed it developed and also i got into gaming and mm -hmm. i got uh, and yes uh, when i was 19 i realized that uh, you can not only play games but you also can make them. And that mm -hmm. was a big realization for me because uh, I, I never considered that idea before. Uh, it was uh, then, uh, uh, yeah, uh, a lot steam, uh, or it was an eval at the moment, I, I can't remember really. And uh, they um, made a contest for their upcoming project. Uh, it was, uh, if I remember correctly, it was Prime World, but it wasn't announced yet. So uh, they made an, uh, an art contest and uh, I realized I want to participate. And uh, third prize included not only money, uh, but also um, a job offer. That was huge for me. I I really thought that uh, I can win this, <laughs> but uh, then I submitted my work and then I uh, looked uh, at the other submissions. I realized how big was that gap between me and uh, people who got first places after that. And it made me think that I need to improve even more. And also, um, not only that, but uh, work on my style and be more flexible with it because um, uh, there wasn't anime games still, uh, at uh -huh. least on the uh, our market in Russia. And I need to try and learn something more Western or at least uh, something more like uh, the games I play. Uh, for example, League of Legends got big at the, at the time. Or, uh, oh, no, no, no. In 2019, it just released, uh, but uh, gradually it became a huge hit uh, in just a couple of years. And uh, that was... Um, Second reason I got into games because uh, 
uh, Riot at the moment was uh, rapidly developing and etc. And they also had an art contest uh, which I participated participated in and uh, this time I put a lot more effort in my submission but I still got no recognition at all and of course I was devastated at that fact because I thought I could I don't know win at least uh, the last prize <laughs> or something mm -hmm. I, I believed it myself uh, so much at the time uh, so and I saw how people who just drew good enough fan art uh, got into the riots and I was so jealous, but also so inspired by that. So you can make a fan art and they will offer you a job. Wow. So yeah. I think they yeah. still do this. They still do this, right? Maybe. I don't know. I think uh, there's a lot of competitions. Yuna, I think you touched on like a very uh, interesting point here. And um, I'm kind of speaking from experience because I also work with a lot of artists when we're for commissions and all that stuff and so on. And mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that you have to be flexible. I think this is mm -hmm. super important. Like, uh, and you, you need to keep it in, in, in mind, right? So. When I work with artists or any creatives, um, when I first started, I always thought that, well, I'm just gonna tell them what I need, right? And they're gonna mm -hmm. draw it. And it's <laughs> gonna look exactly like I, like I envisioned it in my head. And I will, give, I will give them like references, I will give them like photos or whatever, but make sure that they, it's, it's exactly as I told you to do, right? But when I started getting results, I quickly understood that um, it's a utopia. This is, will never happen because <laughs> every, every single sketch that I got, it was completely different. And it looked like nothing, even, uh, even like the works in the artist's portfolio, it, it looked different. So then I suggest I, I try to do another um, I, I try to do another approach. I'm like I'm more flexible. I can choose like from any artist I like who's doing like freelance or whatever. And then I just started looking for artists who fit my vision like 100% or like 90%, right? So I mm -hmm. was just looking for people who were like doing exactly what I needed. So if I needed like a fantasy picture, then I found like a guy who did very good fantasy. If I needed like a hard surface, like sci-fi gun or something, then I'm, I know guys who are doing like very good weapons and stuff. So it, it, it became kind of easier, but you are an art director, right? Mm -hmm. And you're working on a video game title. So your job basically is to develop this vision and then make sure that everyone in the creative team are working kind of inside this inside this one vision. I'm very yes. interested to learn how do you actually do this? How do you make sure that they are aligned, that everybody has the same understanding and that their works, they don't kind of like fall out of the, the, the usual style, right? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when everything kind of fits together and you don't get like 10 different characters from different worlds. <laughs> Instead, you have like, Characters who live in the same space, who look kind of similar, and you kind of understand that they are part of 
one game, right? And they're not like all over the place. So what are yes. what are the ways that you can kind of guide the team and make sure that they're kind of following you into this world? Well, uh, first of all, your team should be on the same page as you. Um, I understand that you can't uh, find people who are just uh, who, who draw exactly like you. Of course, there are a lot of copycats on ArtStation and etc. Uh -huh. But yeah. um, that's not the case if you're developing a project from scratch and from your head, especially. So you, first of all, you have to find a team who of people who um, who understand the same principle and who apply those principles to their art. Uh, for example, in our case, uh, when we were searching for artists, uh, we didn't hope to find people who will draw exactly what we need, but we found a lot of people who draw in the same kind of style or in the same kind of mood or they just um, use uh, I, I don't know they, they just have the same kind of line art uh, that we have for example uh, just uh, these uh, basics that uh, on that basics on what uh, our style is built like that uh, it's uh, actually it's hard to determine which uh, of our I don't know presumptions will work and we try to work with uh, several artists uh, that uh, uh, well we hired some people and mm -hmm. uh, working with them proved that we were wrong uh, unfortunately, mm -hmm. we saw their portfolios. We, um, uh, how how does... no 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 I I I I I, I kind of understand what you mean. So basically, you um, you thought that they were uh, they would work for this particular style or whatever, but they, they, when you started working, it appeared that it's it's a completely different direction, and you've been didn't want to go yeah. with it. I think it's uh, fine. I'm, I, it's, you, you made a very interesting point there when you said that you have to make sure that everybody's aligned and on the same page. And um, you're using these sort of like, uh, like aesthetical bricks to build the base for your project, right? So you, yeah. you kind of understand that this is like a, as an example, like uh, you use like a, a a very fat dark line around the character, for example, right? And mm -hmm. then you use a certain palette of colors for the characters and for the environment, for the for the characters to stand out, for example, on the environment or something. And uh, yeah, just like that. While you were adding these kind of, because. Um, if you read any books on like creativity or anything, they usually say that the creativity usually comes from restrictions. So you you impose a certain amount of restrictions upon yourself, and then you will start to see the creative juices flowing, and so on. So I think with kind of our direction, it's a little bit similar, right? Because you kind of restrict them in a way 
And then suddenly they start bringing up something interesting and something that you could use in a game. Yeah, that's true. You have to um, make um, a number of rules that everybody yeah. should follow. And if they follow the, the rules right, uh, the picture will be okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yuda, I have another question. So um, since this job that you're currently doing at the project, um, you're not only drawing, right? You're not only doing sketches and paintings and stuff, but you're also managing... To, to, to be honest, uh, I spend uh, less and less time drawing. Yeah. So I think and I, we had this kind of recurring uh, question on a lot of our uh, podcasts and our conversations. Um, how do you manage artists? For for for, uh, for for companies, I think it's um, sort of a challenge because it's very hard to kind of understand even how to manage creative creatives in your in your workspace, right? So, what is your approach? How do you do this? Well, I don't do this. <laughs> I have, um, we have an art manager uh, to uh -huh. help me managing people and uh, that was um, a challenge for him too because uh, uh, he was an artist uh, just like me and he got very impressive managing skills for an artist I can, uh, what, and uh, he just took this job uh, to get an experience uh, and to uh, get better at the managing part so he could be an art director himself one day mm -hmm. and uh, watching him doing his job uh, I can say that he got all that he needed to become an art director mm -hmm. but before that I w was managing uh, when I was um, not an art director, but just a uh, leading artist. And mm -hmm. I have uh, all these uh, sheets with uh, and guns and uh, all this stuff to manage people and their tasks and uh, all the estimates and whatever. And that was hard uh, at the start, but mm -hmm. uh, I got used to it in, I don't know, couple of months but uh, that was uh, when we were still working on Bombastic Brothers and it was uh, a lot easier than current project because um, it was uh, we, we uh, it wasn't on development it was already in release and we just uh, uh, making updates uh, every mm -hmm. several months or so uh, so it was just on the rails and was kind of easy and predictable when I got used to it but when we started Blast Brigade and it was whole new projects uh, whole new project with um, uh, a lot of things I don't know how to plan or what what should I do with all of this? Uh, I have no idea how much time this will take. I I didn't mm -hmm. know how to make this and all of that. 
so after some time uh, managing uh, we, uh, me and uh, my uh, boss, what? Uh, how mm -hmm. do you say project manager? Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. and we discussed uh, the this topic. Uh, uh, so I, I was drowning in this management thing, uh -huh. basically, so, and I asked for help. And my colleague, uh, he just took it on himself and became a manager. Uh -huh. And I, I have to say a big thing, thank you to him. Overall, like how many people do you actually need right now in terms of creative force to kind of create, uh, create a game? Do you need like a large team or can you do like with a smaller team? We could have do it, could have done it with a smaller team if we had uh, like twice more time, but uh -huh. we don't have that. Uh, so, um, our core team is uh, one, two, three, four, uh, five, uh, about seven people in art, including mm -hmm. animation and etc. And also we work with a lot of outsource and there are about seven or eight artists and about the same amount of uh, technical artists uh, uh -huh. the, the, um, and that's about that that a lot of people actually so but I, what hmm? do you work with outsourcing companies or do you just work with like freelancers and uh... with, with freelancers we tried uh, working with outsourcing companies and that wasn't very much pleasant experience to be honest uh, so why we, 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 we mm. wasting a lot of time on the mm. or, or what? Yes, and uh, it's just uh, hard to communicate with people through all these layers of management. Uh, and mm -hmm. also when, so uh, for example, uh, we had a studio and they had their management and their team and uh, we give them our tasks and they, they learn something, they get better and then they switch artists and uh, the next task is uh, like the same quality as uh, their first work and we're like, so what? I see. Uh -huh. So basically they switch uh, the artists who you kind of worked with and it just makes more sense to have direct contact with the artist. So you can yes. hire whoever you like and develop this relationship and know exactly what you're going to get in the end. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. So as for the tasks, what are the tasks that you like to do in-house and what are the tasks that you can outsource? Mm. Well, my favorite task uh, as an art director is just giving feedbacks. I, I don't know, I just feel this strange satisfaction of making little things better with mm -hmm. a couple of strokes and explaining uh, people things I understand. And uh, uh, through explaining, I understand it better myself. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of satisfaction in this kind of job. Uh, I also like just uh, 
big task, uh, big big tasks like uh, draw a whole I don't know big boss or location or whatever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have a ch- I didn't have a chance to do a lot of these because uh, they require uh, concentration and a lot of time and I don't have that because uh, half of my day I have to give feedbacks and uh, answer questions and be on meetings or whatever mm-hmm. whatever yeah and what was the second question what are the tasks that you would give to an outsourcer ah yeah like in, in, uh, in the project of your kind of scope like what what are the things you don't really want to not you like personally but like the the team as a whole like what do you want to kind of outsource and give to somebody else uh well we don't give uh, to uh, outsource a lot of tasks tasks like uh, that we don't want to do because they are boring or something uh-huh. uh, we give them proper tasks because uh, we have a lot of content to cover and mm-hmm. we uh, won't be able to do that all of that in house uh, mm-hmm. Of course, there are a lot of uh, things uh, that are not very much interesting, and uh, not of uh, all of that tasks are are something that uh, our outsourcers are able to do, uh, because. Uh, for example, we have uh, this uh, kind of work, um, um, like uh, our outsourcers. Uh, they don't. Uh, they don't always do the art uh, like in this quality that we need, and mm-hmm. we have to make sure it. Um, to, to to finish it to before we can put it in the game and finishing uh, uh, content after outsourcers is uh, this kind of uh, work that <laughs> nobody really wants to do but it has yeah. to be done <laughs> yeah I, I understand what you mean i understand what you mean so you get a bunch of stuff and it doesn't fit and you already paid for it and you're like oh my god I have to redo this. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course, you can spend uh, uh, more time reiterating it and uh, giving yeah. more and more feedback. But uh, there is a point. Time, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it takes time, and there is a point when you just uh, it would be faster and easier to do it yourself. But you, it's like. Uh, the last thing you can you should do because uh, if you work with outsource you uh, should make sure they learn something from your feedbacks uh, so I have uh, several stages of feedback well, uh, first one is to explain what to what what is wrong and what uh, artists can do to improve that uh, second one explaining in more details for example like uh, point on certain part of uh, this sketch and uh, explain uh-huh. what is wrong and what can you do in details to make sure it's okay and the third stage is the last one it, to make an overpaint and to show it mm. with uh, your own hands how to do that. 
and uh, that's that. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you mean. Uh, I mean, we 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 follow the same process kind of here, like the overpaints, the sketches, and the, the lighting, and so on. So, I have a I have another question. Maybe like the last one because we're kind of nearing the the end of the meeting. Oh. Um, you, what were like the when you're building art for games in particular? What are the main things that you need to take into consideration? Like, what are the let's say three, five, or like two or one main things that you need to have there in order for it to work? Mm. You know what I mean? That's a very broad question. Uh... I'm, I'm gonna give you a, like an example. So. If you look at the game as Overwatch, for example, I'm sorry for mentioning the somebody else's game, but it's just <laughs> as an as as an example, right? There are elements there that kind of make it work. So, for example, in Overwatch, you have characters who are very much influenced by Disney style and animation, right? So they are. Mm -hmm very lively, they are moving a lot, they um, they look kind of cute, every, everyone, even like the very naughty one and uh, the evil ones. Then you have a certain number of colors that work together. Then mm -hmm. you have some influences that help create this world. So for example, um, all the locations that they are making, they are being created by artists who are not from the area that they are creating. So, for example, there is a Hollywood level in uh, in Overwatch, and uh, to build that level, they actually asked an artist, like a freelancer from Brazil or somewhere around, not from Irvine, right? Because they they know that Hollywood in reality looks kind of shitty. It's it's like a, <laughs> it's it's not really great. <laughs> so there's like bombs everywhere and it's dirty and uh, there's a lot of tourists and it's not glamorous, right? It's just like not interesting and that doesn't really fit into their style, right? So they asked another guy to kind of build this one and there are like a lot of other things like animations, like how many shots in every animation should there be that there should be like uh mascots like somebody following you around and doing like this different kinds of animations coming from and they uh it kind of goes and develops further into the strategy so they hire a lot of people from animation studios and uh, and so on and so forth so in your experience like what do you think are like the main kind of key decisions that you need to make about art or um the key things that kind of make it work inside right mm -hmm. well unfortunately i can't say like uh, all the things i understand about this topic because when i see it i see it i understand it i understand ah. how it works and i see all the tiny little details uh, that make the project uh, uh on this level and but uh when i try to explain it myself i really can't for now because uh, i'm still learning to explain things and to explain things that 
I understand on some gut feeling and I can draw something similar or communicate the idea or I don't know, give some feedback uh, for arts to improve uh, it towards uh, this uh, goal of uh, attractability, I don't know. And, mm -hmm. But I can't... Um, uh, how do you say? No, I mean, uh, I, un I understand what you mean. I mean, like you were... Uh, you, you, basically, it's unexplainable, right? So you... It either no, works I, I it believe it's work. explainable. I, I just uh, haven't got it yet. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I think we kind of need to finish, wrap it up. So uh, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. It was a wonderful conversation. I would love to spend like another hour talking <laughs> about all the intricacies of uh, art direction and games. I think it's such a nice, broad topic. But yeah, thank you so much for joining. And uh, I hope your game succeeds and everything's going to be on time which is also very important <laughs> so we will leave the links in the description for everything so you can go and check it out and uh, if you want to communicate i will leave the uh, links to your linkedin so everybody could oh uh, please no linkedin user station or okay. uh, <laughs> the art station oh, no worries you. okay cool thank you uh, Thank you very much for inviting me. I hope uh, all this information was useful to somebody and I wish you a wonderful day. Thank you. Thanks for enjoying another episode of the 80 Level Roundtable podcast. Check out upcoming episodes on the 80 Level website at 80.lv. Join our career site at 80.lv slash RFP and share our podcast with friends and on your social networks.